There, there's an African American. He's, he's threatening me and my dog. Send somebody quick. Welcome to episode number 65 of Grumpy Old Benz. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, which is currently not the most violent city in America. Thanks, Minneapolis. And from America's left coast, where we need Antifa more than ever, and yet they're nowhere to be seen. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, that's because they hide behind those masks and stuff. So you don't know it's really them, but they're like superheroes. They're there. They're just waiting. Yes. They're waiting. Just, just remember, not all heroes wear masks. <laughs> no, you know, it's a very few heroes wear masks. I mean, the Lone Ranger, sure. Um, but then who? I mean, even Superman didn't wear a mask. So I don't know how anybody didn't figure that one out. Well, I, everybody's wearing masks now. So as far as I'm concerned, the heroes are the ones standing up for their own uh, civil rights. You know, I am very, very, very confused because. We're told now in a lot of these businesses that are opening up, it's like, well, you can come in as long as you're wearing a mask. The mask is the new virtue signal thing that the left seems to love. And I don't know if you saw this, but But last night, it's tremendously easy to tell at a glance who is compliant and who is resistant. And then they can get their billy clubs out. Yeah, they can get their billy clubs out and tell you to stop resisting until you're unconscious. Did you see the release from the WHO yesterday by any chance? I, I try to avoid propaganda. Well, the intriguing and, and misinformation. Well, see, but here's the intriguing thing now. And I, I would agree with you. And I think the WHO totally screwed the pooch with everything regarding this coronavirus, this COVID-19 pandemic. But the WHO yesterday had a news release that said, Unless you are caring for somebody with COVID-19 or you yourself have COVID-19, you should not be wearing a mask. Uh, How about unless you are a uh, a spineless wimp who bows down to every authority who tells you something, you should not be wearing a mask. But here's what I want to know. How about if, if you are not completely afraid for your life and brain addled from the fear that has been injected into your eyeballs because you won't shut off that stupid boob tube you shouldn't be wearing a mask right but here's what i want to know the left loves the masks the left loves the who what happens now that the who says no no masks um obviously that news is going to be swept under the rug and not told to anybody (laughs) because it doesn't fit the narrative of fear yeah, it's weird. It's all very weird. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The restaurants here in Chicago, are you guys the same? All of a sudden, today is the magic day where they can open up as long as it's only outdoor seating or if they can take like a wall down. And some places oh, in no, Chicago no, we should, have this. We should be so lucky. Jay fucking Inslee has not yet deigned to allow us to uh, continue behaving or feeling human. We're, we're still required to be sheepish slaves. Well, we're still being told. I mean, the guy Adam Curry interviewed the other day, Maurice Tehunt, said this seems to be aerosolized 
And if you're outside, very little chance of transmission. So it kind of makes sense all of a sudden that places like Chicago are going, well, you know what? We can open up restaurants as long as people are eating outside, but they're not admitting that this thing is aerosolized. They're not going along with that. But what other Honestly, that doesn't make sense. Since when does public policy follow any kind of of real sane or or good guidance? Rarely, which is what makes this a little bit more confusing as well. But it, what's weird to me is are people and the question is, are people this desperate to go out and eat that there's a bunch of restaurants in the area here that don't have outdoor seating normally? that don't have patio areas or anything like that. And what they're doing is setting up shop in the parking lots. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not that desperate to go eat that. I have to go sit in a table in a parking lot in a tent somewhere. I'll eat at home still. Well, I eating at home tends to be a lot cheaper, a lot healthier. And uh, the only additional cost is that you have to learn how to cook and feed yourself. And I know how to do that. It is very difficult for a lot of people these days, but, uh, you know, persevere, uh, start with ramen, work your way up. It's not that difficult. <laughs> uh, did I ever give you my fried rice recipe from when I was in college? Um, take rice, fry it. Well, uh, no, it's simpler than that because <laughs> I was, I started out trying to make steamed rice. No, there's no frying pan involved. You get a saucepan and you pour in uh, white rice and some water, maybe a little butter or something. And you put the lid on. And you put it on to steam and then you go and log into the internet uh, at the time. I think it was IRC, but it could have been any social media. Um, and, and it also helps to have ADD and have the kitchen be far enough away that you can't hear the thing boiling over. So 45 minutes later, you come back on the rice you put on to boil is now fried rice. I just like the This was an old enough story that you said, go log into the internet. When is the last time you physically logged into the internet? Uh, it's been a while. I think I've had broadband since about Oh three, maybe sooner. And no, you- I, I had a, I had uh, a, no, was it, was it a ADSL back in Oh one? I think like, my, yeah, the good old days. <laughs> oh, that was fast. It was like 112 kilobits. Well, at the time that was blazing fast at the time. That was blazingly fast. That was twice as fast as dial up. The good old days, definitely, no doubt about it. But but yes, when I was in college, everybody was still connecting by making that beautiful modem noise that that you hear at the beginning of every grumpy old Benz. It triggers that nostalgic feeling in the people listening. Rice is so much easier to make now. The bagged stuff that you just put in the microwave for like 60 seconds and it's done. I mean, that's just yeah, fantastic. Doing rice in the microwave is actually quite difficult for me because you don't have a microwave. Yeah. Luddite. You don't even have an air right. conditioner. You don't have central well, heating. Air conditioning technology doesn't exist in a place that only gets three warm days a year. The Unabomber scoffs at your technological level of the appliances in your house. And you know what else I don't have? I don't have the I don't have a thing that I can open up an app on my smartphone and unlock all of the doors in my house. But can you open uh, up sorry, the doors me, on somebody else's I, I, house? Well, that's what the app allows people to do, which is one of the main reasons why my doors in my house don't have this. Yes. Well, do we? I don't even know if we talked about that. I read it might have been after we covered a lot of this stuff on the one show that some of these locks had a Bluetooth aspect to them. So rather than having to go into an app and physically press a button to unlock your doors, if it noticed your Bluetooth signal, 
it opened the doors because it's like, oh, well, he's home now. I'll open the door and didn't yeah, realize yeah. that Bluetooth signals are so easy to spoof. Yeah, because Bluetooth, yeah, has never been spoofed before. So. Uh huh. Uh huh. Those doors are a. If you got one of those front doors that <laughs> turn Bluetooth off or go buy, you want to know lock. what would be even more convenient? Just the, don't install a lock. Just leave the door unlocked permanently, twenty four seven. Don't even it's install about a door. as secure and even more convenient than having to pull your phone out. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if that's true. It might not be more convenient because all of the type of people who would ha- use this technology. When they're walking up to the door, their phone is already out. In fact, they're not walking, watching where they're going. They're walking into lamp poles because they're staring down at their phone. Well, there's interesting stuff. They need to be connected 24-7. Otherwise, they might miss something. They might we be on their socials. Yeah, they're on their social yeah. media. They got to be on Twitter. They got to see what Trump is tweeting. And then they got to see if Twitter says that it's good news bad news fake news real fake lies because twitter you know they're the arbiters of truth now if i can use mark zuckerberg's term it's something like that and we've we talked about this the decency act the communications decency act when we talked about a couple different things i think in the, the previous grumpy old bands and the whole concept of this act is basically if you're allowing people to post anything online and this went back to bulletin boards and stuff like that before social media was even a thing or anybody that say all these news sites that let people add comments which i don't know how that helps anybody but sure that's how they get more clicks i guess but anybody that allows the end user to post comments is protected from what those comments say meaning that if somebody posts something illegal whatever that may be on your website you're covered because you're not a publisher you just have a platform and that's what that's what trump is going after right now is that pretty much the gist of this just just to be clear lest somebody fake or fact check us and call us fake news the communications decency act the 1996 act signed by bill clinton uh, was actually a pretty terrible piece of legislation in most of its parts. Uh, it was out there to try to instill Puritan values in the internet by regulating pornographic material. Uh, and before the CDA, uh, there really was the, the internet was the wild west. Nobody could do anything or anybody could do anything that they wanted. And, uh, you know, it's it's being like the the original Wild West. It's being slowly tamed one copyright or, or law at a time. But uh, the one real thing about the Communications Decency Act that that has shined as something that that has helped anything is Section 230. Um, and I don't I, I have to assume that that means that there's at least 230 sections, which I believe with <laughs> bills like this. Yeah, that seems that seems <laughs> short. Um, yeah, that it must, it must be right near the beginning then. Uh, but section 230 of the communications decency act says that, uh, if, if you, if you, uh, I mean, it, to paraphrase, it says, if you, you cannot be held liable for content posted as long as you are neutral, if, if you're not the originator of the content and you're, you're neutral about it, uh, it, it does have some exceptions um 
and which kind of make it the section 230 kind of useless uh well not useless okay so section 230 is and i wish i'd written it down i'm trying to stall and i'm terrible at it so fuck it i'm gonna wing it um it is the part that says you are either uh, you know you you if you are a publisher of content then you are not held liable but if you are or you you can be held liable for what you say which is the way libel lawsuits has been and has gone forever um right people it's, sue it's each other content. all the time hmm? it's your content if you're a publisher yeah. it's your content people suit each other all the time because you know, oh oh somebody posted something racist on your site uh and you didn't take it off immediately so i'm going to sue you and that that was stifling the internet at the time uh the it, section 230 allowed a, a, a is called a safe harbor provision is is what they called it and it allowed you to say uh we let anybody post anything here but it's not our content and then you are shielded from liability for the content that your users post because you are not the publisher of the content you are just the platform it's being put on and that liability shield is what gave rise to all of the big social networks that liability shield is the thing that says or that that, that guaranteed that user generated content could become a thing because before that nobody wanted to create an open platform anybody could post on because the moment anybody posted something you didn't like you sued the platform the platform's gone no one wanted that kind of liability so it was a pretty good law uh, the thing that uh, that that was really wide open, uh, you know, the well, the the argument was always, well, this will cause the platforms to try to stay neutral because they don't want to lose their liability shield. Uh, but it turned out the loophole in the law, and it's a big one, is that uh, you are still allowed to censor or filter content that is obscene lewd lascivious filthy excessively violent harassing or otherwise objectionable and if today's modern social justice society has taught you anything all content everywhere <laughs> can be uh, considered objectionable to someone and therefore uh the platforms that have absor- uh, have enjoyed this limitation of liability can continue legally to filter and and censor anything that they want as long as they claim that it is objectionable and there is a limit to that and that is what we're running into now that is what this executive order from donald trump is going after which is saying these social media the limit to that is that you can't fact check donald trump that's you know that's really a bad idea no matter what <laughs> that that seems to be the moment when it became an issue again because once you're gonna go well you know what i'm some yahoo whoever is doing this and i mean no offense to actual yahoo that somebody working for twitter's going to decide that the president is telling an untruth and mark the tweet as that is kind of ludicrous really well, when it comes uh, down to it you know <laughs> what the the, you you're hiding the best part though yes the the fact check in question uh was it was it first of all it was a tweet about vote by mail yes uh trump's tweet was uh saying that if we go to all vote by mail there will be substantial voter fraud and i don't think that well first of all 
that I'm pretty sure qualifies as an opinion, which is what they fact checked. Also, I don't think that there's any way you can take a contrary position, say there will not be substantial voter fraud with any form of confidence whatsoever. But well, I saw people posting videos, including one of Jerry Nader from like 10 years ago when this was being discussed saying, well, yeah, there can be no question with mail-in voting, there will be fraud. And it's like the, the Democrats were saying the same thing. All of a sudden well, I, now they're going, no, no, there's there's no proof there's any uh, voter fraud if we vote by mail. It's like, well, well why? No, there is proof. <laughs> well, because yeah. how, I, I, if, if there wasn't widespread voter fraud, how do you explain in a state with all voter fraud, somehow a dipshit like Jay fucking Inslee got elected? I can think of no other explanation. Well, and the media is so disingenuous because, of course, Trump's spokesperson, Kaylee, came out and was making you know comments about the voter fraud vote by mail. And the first thing that you're seeing on Drudge is the headline that, yeah, but she's voted by mail like 10 times. It's like, you know what? The absentee voting is not the same as overall voting by mail. And they know it. They know it's bullcrap. They know. Of course it is. That currently the absentee votes aren't even counted unless they're needed, unless the election is so close, they have to go to those absentee votes, which is well, an interesting. They're, they're also not they're also not counted unless they're for the, the majority party. Of course, <laughs> well, you know that you, you're uh, saying there's voter oh, fraud. Yeah, I am. Yeah, you know, I, OK, I, I I really hate the idea that Bill Maher could be right about anything at all this this makes my teeth ache the very concept but he has been saying from day one he's like you know the you know if if trump would you know if trump gets voted out he he's going to refuse to leave the office and we know that's going to happen and he, i mean he <laughs> he might be true but here's the only condition where that would happen if there is evidence of widespread voter fraud such that it can be proven that that would sway the election, I can totally see Trump choosing not to leave the office and we would have a serious crisis, exactly the kind that Marr predicted. And what scares me the most about it is that it's starting to really look like the Democrats intend because they failed to impeach. They failed to reduce his popularity by tanking the economy. I think that they're at the point where the next thing in their playbook is let's just do some widespread voter fraud and cook all the books so that they turn out our way. And if they do that, it will be found out. There will be lots and lots of evidence. There will be even more conspiracy theories. There will be people shouting at each other across the great left right divide and trump will probably come up and go you know what you didn't give us an honest election i'm not leaving and i i can see that happening that is some frightening shit no matter which side you're on and it it has to do i mean the the only way that i think trump would likely do that is is if we have an unfair election because somebody decided to go cook the books which going to all mail-in ballots is a pretty damn good way to do that. Yes. And I don't think this is something that is a Trump thing. I think any president in the White House 
if you do this mail-in voting in a very unsecure way, and then it's very clear that there is some kind of chicanery going on. I, I don't think Obama. Did you say Chicagoery? Yeah, man. Well, Chicagoery, uh, chicanery is very common in in Chicago. That's probably where it came from. Yes. But don't tell me if there was a Democratic president in the White House and the same thing was happening that there wouldn't be questions about this. Of course they would. And yeah. You, you have to wonder why one side. This is a very one sided thing wants to go with mail and voting. And you have to ask yourself the question as to why, because as we've seen in the memes, and I don't even look at memes, but I've already seen multiple memes saying, if we can stand six feet apart at the grocery store, why can't we stand six feet apart and go vote? You know, that's that's a good question. And and you don't vote that close to other people. I mean, there's a, first of all, there's a big curtain in between you and anybody that's even remotely close, like in the next booth masks fine. Right. Yeah, uh, but nobody stands within six feet of it, at least when, you know, way, way, way back in the day before all mail in balloting, I, I went to polling places and it was uh, I mean, we stood in line before signing in. But as soon as you check in, you take your ballot, you walk across the room to one of the machines, you fill your shit out and then you deal with the ballot and leave. It's not like you're standing there. I mean, other than being in line, which you, you get that outside of a grocery store today, um, you, you're not being forced to stand shoulder to shoulder while you vote that's a great recipe for people looking over your shoulder anyway right and we talked about the intricacies of voting in the episode we did on voting with dc girl now of Smashcast fame and sir william of Pensatucky yes. or one of those weird places but I thought it was bishop no. is, is bishop sir william no i don't think so there's those are two different guys Oh no bishop is the smash guest no right. sir william is the one we talked about yes you're making me sound senile yeah. well, okay joe joe biden <laughs> you know go go for that just pay, pay closer attention maybe but there's a reason why do we stand in line when we go to vote we talked about that and it's like well so we can assure the system can be sure that you are who you say you are so how do we do that if we're mailing ballots well, they, but that's also not what the Democrats want. No well, ID for voting. Right. That's racist. Right. Asking somebody be a citizen. That's racist. Asking that somebody only vote once. That's racist. Asking that somebody be alive to vote. Racist. It's all racist. Right. As long as I, their not- side is losing, it's racist. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. And this the concept that the mail in voting can be done in a secure manner while rushing it i mean you know as somebody that's worked for the big bad microsoft when you have any product that you're trying to rush into production the quicker you try to rush it the more issues there are going to be and i don't know how anybody thinks we're sitting here let's not use microsoft as an example because it doesn't matter how long they take there's going to be issues it's always going to be bad but we're sitting here now just a few months before an election and we're going no, no, we could totally change the system and it'll be fair. If they were saying yeah. we need to go to mail-in voting in the election that's happening in four plus years, I'd say, well, this could maybe be done. I mean, I think that could be done, but not in a couple of months, not the what, what they're talking about doing. It's like mailing these ballots out. It's like, what is the checks and balances of that system? How do you know who's filling out the ballot, which is the beauty of the whole thing, because the U.S. Postal Service absolutely sucks. I ordered a package from our buddy Cal over at Lavender Blossoms, 
on uh, well it doesn't matter when i order the package it left salem i think it is michigan six days ago and it made it as of yesterday the 30 miles to detroit which i know is in the wrong direction but i okay that's the hub it took it six days to get from a detroit suburb to detroit first class mail six days i think it just went to detroit so that uh, gretchen whitmer could check it for uh, any subversive materials yeah i mean they're they're kind of uh they got the jackboots out in michigan there's no question about it but i don't trust the post office to get me normal Although mail. minneapolis was all hold my beer wow i mean the, that whole system of what's going on there is absolutely ridiculous from the top to the bottom and it keeps getting crazier i mean you look there's a bunch of different things to look at with that situation the first is i want all the data before i make a decision what i've seen so far yeah the cops look like a bunch of dicks who did things wrong and that's why all four of them were fired immediately which is uh, still kind of a knee-jerk well, reaction because if you're not charging them yeah, why are you all firing four them? of them were fired immediately not because they made any kind of reasoned decision the government doesn't make decisions like that no they were all fired immediately because the backlash was was much more than they were expecting yeah well yeah although and- i gotta admit i gotta admit I'm, i would the firing surprised me either way it's surprising that it happened before all of the information came out but immediately before well, I'm sorry. Before what? What is that concept that that is completely absent from most uh, political actions these days? Um, innocent uh, due process. Yeah, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. the The concept then that what's going on in Minneapolis is in honor of this guy, in honor of his memory, in order to get the police to be held responsible if they actually did excuse me commit a crime yeah you go out and you set fire to auto zones and you loot targets yeah that is exactly what you do when you're trying to make a political point that is no this is not what reasonable rational people do in order to protest against the police you don't go rob your local target and burn other stores down uh Angry mobs don't tend to be made up of reasonable, rational people. They tend to be made up of angry people who are mobbing. Right. And and that is generally where you find the worst of humanity. I'm not going to defend an angry mob. <laughs> well, no, none uh, of those people I, that are there looting target give a crap about the guy who died. They can say they do, but they don't. Because- I, I, I believe a lot of them probably do in so much as as this was a fuse put on top of a powder keg of people who have been locked inside their houses by authoritarians and told to cower in place for three months. People who have lost their livelihood, people whose entire lives have been upended and turned over because of a virus that most of them have never even met a person who was affected by it. And the one thing that they were affected by was these unconstitutional authoritarian dictator orders coming down from the governors saying your entire life needs to be thrown into disrepair and destroyed. And we're not going to, you know, we're going to give you $1,200. Oh, woohoo. That, that money's all been spent by now. 
Um, these are people, they're not pissed off because of, of George Floyd or whatever his name is. They're pissed off because the world has gone to shit. And I put this entirely at the feet of, of these Adam used a, a great term. Um, actually, he said it came from Mo, but I only heard it yesterday on no agenda said, uh, the, the people who are, our, our governors, the people who are playing at being dictators right now, the people who are continuing to fuck over the economy of every blue state because they refuse to acknowledge that maybe the the virus problem might be clo- over. Um, they're not leaders, they're activists. And that is, especially in blue states, that is who we've been electing. We haven't needed leaders for a long time because we've been in such amazing prosperity that shit just works by itself. And we don't need someone to lead when everything is good because everybody just kind of goes along with it and, and things are great and you don't need leadership. So all this time we're electing activists, whoever can identify and, and drum up some kind of, of feature or, or controversy that needs fixing Jay fucking Inslee the climate change presidential candidate that was his entire platform he's not a leader he's not a a governor he's not even uh the kind of person who knows how to work or function in a crisis he is an activist who says hey look everything is great but here's this one little thing over here that has to be changed and i'm gonna make a lot of noise and that's who gets elected especially in all the states that are still shut down the people who are getting elected are not leaders they are not people who should ever be in charge during a crisis they are people whose job it is to freak you out piss you off and try to get things done for their personal grudge vendetta or or actives and we have an expert in the troll room and harry hamster he is a grumpy old band certified expert mentions that the looters were not practicing safe social distancing so I mean, we should really take a look at that. Yeah. And, and when, when in three weeks, there isn't a huge spike in COVID deaths, what are they going to say? Actually, what they're going to do is they're going to change the rules of how they count and change the incentive system for who, what gets marked as a COVID death so that the facts can conveniently be changed to fit the narrative yet again. I mean, the video of the inside of that target was absolutely amazing. Lawlessness 101. This is what's going on in Minneapolis. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you get a video recently or are you talking about Black Friday? (laughs) It kind of looked like the aftermath (laughs) of Black Friday. And I mean, it's just I mean, the the place was like filled with like smoke, too. So I'm assuming they were lighting fires in Target. I mean, once I guess you grabbed your 65 inch TV and went running, maybe you threw a Molotov cocktail or something behind you. I don't know. And then there was some woman in a wheelchair with a knife trying to stab people. And then they were shooting her with the the uh, the fire extinguisher. And then later they, there was video of her actually getting out of her wheelchair. So I don't know exactly what her problem is, but <laughs> she was like, fuck this shit. I'll walk home. Yeah, I mean, there was some crazy, crazy stuff going on in Minneapolis. But you can't point out to people just like you can't point out that Chicago Detroit, Baltimore, St. Louis all have one thing in common. I blocked a few people on Twitter who just wouldn't even have the conversation or just like, well, it's just because there's more people there. It's like, no, it's the policies of the Democrats 
that run the cities. New York releasing so many people from prison because of this COVID thing within the first week. I want out of prison. What the fuck? Right. I mean, within the first week, it was like 7% of those were already picked up on new crimes, which surprise people in jail commit crimes. And then there was video from, I think it was from Los Angeles. There was video from a prison of the inmates intentionally trying to pass COVID, trying to get COVID because they wanted out of jail. That's how scared they were, was they were trying to get COVID. (laughs) I mean, honestly, that. That is one of the most rational decisions that I've seen. It's like, uh, oh, this virus, it's it's uh, a little worse than the flu, but most of us probably won't be symptomatic. Um, that or stay in jail, huh? Tough choice. Yeah, and it does seem the CDC lowered their numbers, and I got to pull the audio from Random Thoughts. One of, one of the first ones I did once this thing started, I remember distinctly saying, well, an average flu season kills between like 0.1 and 0.15. I said, this is probably going to be between three and four. And the CDC came out the other day and said, we now believe it's going to be like point three. But no, we we lived in a society in a world for two months where we were like, oh, my God, five to 10 percent of the people are going to die. And those models were all absolutely, you know, totally, completely not anywhere based in reality. And you're right. I think the lockdown is a reason why. But propaganda is reality. Minneapolis is on fire, partially because of that. And they're going to try to blame Trump for it, even though he's the one on record going, we need to get people back to work. We need to get states open back up. And the Democrat leadership of every state that wants to stay closed, I believe, is a Democratic governor. So, I mean, you can say this shouldn't be across party lines, but it seems like it is. And I think they also understand, make no mistake about this. When the coronavirus hit, this again was right at the end of impeachment. The Democrats wanted to do anything in the world to get rid of Donald Trump. The coronavirus comes along and they see this as a godsend because the economy was so good under Donald Trump. Bill Maher, was it how many months ago, said, well, I'd really like to see the economy collapse because that would mean Trump wouldn't get reelected. Well, yeah, how's that working out? Yeah, it happened. Well, it's fine for him because he's still got millions. Uh, by the way, uh, hey, Bill Maher, I'm just going to give you a little bit of free advice from one expert to another. Uh, <laughs> if if you want to make sure Trump doesn't get reelected, there's a couple things you have to do. The first thing you have to do, of course, is reduce his popularity and tanking the economy is the kind of thing that has worked for every other president. Uh, I don't know if it's working for Trump or not, but that's a separate topic. But there's another very important point that you and and I say you on behalf of your party, because Bill Maher is one of the more idiotic mouthpieces who claims to be, you know, speaking for the party. Um, put up somebody electable. <laughs> Not crazy Uncle Joe with Alzheimer's who likes to sniff little girl's hair. Come on. I, I, I mean, the guy is a confirmed rapist at this point, according to uh, the, the forum of public opinion. Well, and Alan Omar, another one that said, well, I believe Tara Reid, but, you know, I still support him for president. It's like, how how are you people this? They're the ones that said Trump was morally bankrupt and didn't belong in the White House. But then you would say, oh, you know what? I believe that he assaulted this woman, but he should be president. It it blows my mind up. So anyway, censorship. Well, no, well, no, we're still talking about the economy. 
And the fact is, I'll fuck the economy. Let's Everyone talk else already about has. This guy. Let's talk about the guy that got killed by the cops. And I don't know. The stories have never been clear. I've it, the thing said forgery. And I also heard it was trying to pass a bad bill. So whether he was trying to cash bad checks or whether it was funny money, either way, I, I don't know. Up, At this point, I think being out without a mask, well, uh, you know, opening up your business. You bring Those up are, a good point, though. Was he if he was committing such a crime? Was it because he was out of work because the Republican or the Democratic governor, rather, of Minnesota is like and the governor, the Democratic mayor of Minneapolis, you, you, you can't go back to work. Maybe he was passing this. He would he committed this crime because of their policies and that yeah. got him killed. You want to do the what, same to the, Donald Trump? Well, let's do it to, to the Democrats his family. Yeah, he wants to feed what, his family. What an asshole. I know. Can you believe that? I mean, he was put into this position because of the Democrats. Make no mistake about it. And I'm not literally saying that's true in this case, but I know the Democrats were doing anything to hurt Donald Trump and keeping these states closed for days, weeks or months longer. They know would hurt his chance at reelection. Don't tell me for a minute that you believe none of them would do that and not give a crap about the people of their own state just in order to get Donald Trump out. You saw the lengths they were willing to go to get rid of this guy. Don't tell me that wasn't happening here. You know, you're dangerously close to sounding like a crackpot here. And I just want to tell you, you're stepping in my shit. <laughs> I'm going into your lane. Sorry. <laughs> our, our butts touch for a minute there. Uh, it was good rant though. Yeah. Uh, I give it at least three and a half Bem roses. I have been trying to get the Bem rose gold star for yes. ranting and raving. Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I mean, it, it, de Blasio decided to let everybody out of jail so that they would have some extra space in order to put all of the people that that were reported by Karens for not wearing a mask in public or oh, or God. all of the horrible, horrible business owners who decided that they, they were tired of of losing money and could not exist anymore without opening their business. Um, I, maybe this this Floyd guy in Minneapolis, maybe his real crime was that he wanted to live his life with a little bit of dignity and without a boot on his head. I mean, that it's not a failure to respect the authority of our little fucking Hitlers that seem to be in charge of every state these days. That, that is the most awful crime. Uh, it, it hasn't happened yet in Washington, but I know that, uh, New York, for example, now has a rule that a business can be fined and shut down if they don't require everybody who walks in to be wearing a mask. Um, that is some Stasi level shit. Well, yeah. Uh, when the WHO says don't wear a mask. And I, I tell you what, you know, most people want to be able to just go on and live their lives without a boot on their head. and. Uh, that, that apparently wasn't good enough for these cops in, in Minneapolis. And I'm not going to defend uh, the, the cops. I will say that anybody who says this is evidence that all cops are bad is of course, uh, you know, stereotyping and, and committing a fallacy, uh, cops, just like everyone else are made up of humans and some humans are total dicks. And, uh, I think, you know, at least on the Minneapolis police force, we identified some of those pretty sure. This this qualifies. Well, uh, did, did you hear that? This is the this is the icing on the cake in a very sad story is the cop that had his uh, knee 
on the guy's neck. And we're still not sure if that's what killed him, because if you see the other angle and I didn't see this at first either, because the mainstream media is horrible at their job. But there was the guy you see him there with his knee on the guy's neck. But what you don't see behind the car are there are three more cops all on the guy's body, which I can tell you is inhibiting his breathing a lot more than the knee on the neck. Just saying. But we don't see that anywhere. But that's why all four of these cops are going to be investigated, rightfully so. And justice should be served. Whatever the facts bear out, I'm fine no matter what. But the intriguing thing is the cop who's at the face of this whole thing, who had his knee on his neck, even though there was some other white supremacist guy, I guess, that looks like him. So assholes like Ice Cube or whoever was putting uh, the fake video or the fake photo out there saying this was the same guy Two Twitters <laughs> to, to their uh, I will give them this. They also marked that as false. So I'm glad they did that. Because you had people putting this down like, well, obviously the guy's racist. See, the guy was wearing like make whites great again hat or something. <laughs> and they were saying this was the cop. And it's like, you, you want to f- keep fanning the flames. I don't know what these uh, these actors and these I mean, people like Ice Cube. It's like, do you want Minneapolis to burn down? Because that's going to hurt the people that live there and huh? posting this fake stuff. Absolutely ridiculous. But with all this said, the cop, so some people just want to watch the world burn. Yes, they do. But the cop that had his knee on the guy's neck had at least 10 different complaints against him over the years. You know who refused to prosecute him on multiple occasions? Other cops? No. Amy Klobuchar. That was her beat. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, there's there's some VP (laughs) material right fucking there, isn't there? Yes. I'm like, okay, that's I said. That's what I said to my wife. I'm like, you know what? Her political career is done because once this comes out, it will. You know, if if the country were sane or if she were in a different political party, I think it would be at this point, though, uh, you know, being the VP to somebody with Biden's record, she still looks pretty damn good. <laughs> I don't know when if you that's all the Republicans have to uh, go I mean, is, you know, she's the it, woman with, who wouldn't prosecute the bad cops with, with with all of the the casual unintended racism. Like, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. And the allegations of sexual misconduct and everything has everybody forgotten that the entire thing that Donald Trump was impeached over the excuse that they used was that he found actual evidence that Biden is literally corrupt. Yeah. Well, yeah. Bursma and Biden's kid. And there's the uh, the evidence seems to be there. We haven't seen it yet, but the investigation is ongoing. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, the having Biden on microphone saying uh, I I told them to get rid of this prosecutor or they wouldn't get the federal aid money. That feels a whole lot like corruption to me. Well, yeah. And you remember the mainstream media saying Trump had quid pro quo, but there was no proof. (laughs) Biden has proof. Here it is. There's audio. There's your proof. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. At uh, I, I yeah, I'm just saying that that right now, uh, the the way things are, the everybody in the country is absolutely miserable. Not because of this virus, which may or may not have even come to your neighborhood. Uh, I, I personally have not seen any virus particles floating around my neighborhood. They're not you know in the air or anything, as far as I can tell. Uh, but every single person is feeling 
the effects, especially the people in the states whose uh, dictator, I mean, governors, uh, no, actually, I mean, dictators have not allowed them to go back to their daily lives. The, the nation continues to be a powder keg. And maybe that's what the Democrats want, because they think if they cause enough damage, then in the end of it, Trump won't be the one standing over the wreckage of the nation. But most people are at this point, um, you know, we we have gone way past the idea of any kind of representative government. And we have a bunch of activists in the governor's mansions who are at this point creating laws and, and creating rules like uh, we will shut down your business if you don't force everyone who walks in to wear a mask. Uh, out of spite uh, why why do you even do that at this point there is there is no evidence remaining that that this is necessary other than because you said so and some people aren't bowing to your authority and the the, the number of people who actually do want a knee on their neck are very much the minority i mean those are the kind of people who are found in their universities where most of the time they just make a lot of noise and are harmless but every couple of years they come out, they swarm, they feed off the economy, they vote authoritarians in office, and then set up the next cycle and disappear. And this is like why we have cicadas. the troll room. This is why we have the troll room. And if you're not here live when we do the shows at 11 a.m. Central Time on Fridays, you're missing out. NetNed has an article from KSTP saying this changes mind, saying it looks more like a grudge to him. The cop in question that we've been talking about and George Floyd, the gentleman that died, both worked security shifts at the same Minneapolis club and they worked shifts together. So they knew each other. Oh, well, that's a detail. Yeah. I've never seen that anywhere else. That seems to be a very important detail. Wow. Um, I, I, I don't know if I can accept that on face value yet, but it, it bears further investigation. I would say so. And, and, and I'm certain that over the next six days, you're going to hear uh, approximately 700,000 podcasts covering exactly the same topic. Although most aren't going to actually have the facts. This is an interesting oh, thing. Like Again, we do. We're trying to. We're, we're we covering have things facts. nobody else talks experts. about. Yes, we are experts. And the fact that the, the, the DA yesterday said, well, we're not going to put charges out there because there's other evidence that we need to look through other evidence coming to light. Another shoe is going to drop. And if this evidence is uh, anything that clears the cops in any way, shape or form, I don't even want to think about what's going to happen in Minneapolis. It's going to be bad. I mean, it's already bad, but it's going to get worse. But we try to and this is again. I didn't see anybody else saying that there were the other three cops that were on the guy. Nobody saw the story that NetNet has that these guys knew each other and worked security at the same club. And like, wow, um, there, there's questions. There's more questions than answers. And we so, have to we have to go back to the thing I've talked about multiple shows, which is Bill Ayers, the weather underground in the 60s, their plan to take over to get rid of the capitalist system in the United States. There's a few things they had to do. Take over the media, take over the schools, get the black and white to fight and get people to hate the cops. What the hell, man? Tell me that's not what's going on. I, I, I'm not going to credit them with all of it, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it. It's a hell of a system. Uh, the, the empire is in decline. It, I, I will tell you, um, 
that uh, this this new evidence, whether it be true or false, uh, that is a fine example of why uh, we have. And I mentioned this once already today. Uh, why in this country the justice system is supposed to be using something called due process? Yeah, because because when when the only story was people rioting in Target, nobody was talking about personal grudges. Yeah, nobody was talking the, about the Karen anymore in New York that uh, was really upset that she had to put her dog on a leash. That was some fantastic video, though. Oh, I haven't seen this one. What you didn't wait. This is like was the biggest story out of uh, what's her. I mean, she got fired from her job and like a Wall Street job that she had her dog in a place that he, she was supposed to be leashed. And there was a black guy. You didn't see this wait, whole I'm story. Sorry, she, she was supposed to be leashed or <laughs> the dog was. I think she should have been leashed. But uh, I mean, this is New York City, so I, I'm not sure if which policies de Blasio has put in place yet. <laughs> well, you know, I, she was wearing her mask, though. So she was wearing the mask in the middle okay. of the. Uh, so we got we got the good slavery going on. That's why I'm wondering if I mean, or was she supposed to be leashed or or maybe uh, with with the long history of racist mayors that New York has had? Maybe they think that it was the black guy that was reporting her that should have been leashed. Oh, I'm telling you, he was bird watching. And he was in an area that the dogs were supposed to be leashed, but she had her dog off the leash. And you don't see this on the video. This is just the story that was filled in as a backstory. And he asked her to put her dog on the leash and she didn't want to. And uh, so he said, well, if you're not going to do that, this is this is the one part about the story that made me feel like the guy was a little bit dickish and looking for trouble is that he says this happened all the time. A, a New York City, and you think that there was a dick in this story? Probably. Just want to be clear here. Yes, even more dickish than normal, though. He carries dog treats because this is how he gets back at owners who don't have their dog on a leash. Is that he calls the dog over and gives him a treat, and he says that freaks out the owners because I mean, you think the guy might be poisoning the dog or something. I'm like sensing some premeditation here. A little bit, a little bit. So obviously, he's had issues before that doesn't put her off the hook. For the fact that he asked her to put the dog on the leash. And then for whatever reason, he starts videotaping her because obviously she becomes a Karen. And then she goes nuts and she tries to come up to him. She tries to grab his phone, which to me, that doesn't say you're afraid of the guy because he's I mean, I look like a pretty big guy. Um, And she came up and she's like trying to grab the phone and he's very calmly. And I he was like Harvard educated or something. So this isn't just your normal. And he spoke that way. He kind of sounded like Frazier, like. Ma'am, don't come close to me. You know, I mean, it's this is the, so it's like, okay, I didn't see a picture of him, but I'm just like, you're afraid of this guy? No, you're not because you're there trying to grab his phone and he's telling her not to come close to him. And she tries to grab the phone again and he says, don't come close to me. And she's like, I'm going to call the police. And he's like, please do, <laughs> which I thought was fantastic. And she, uh, called you, you know, we'll, <laughs> let's, let's get somebody a little more level headed over here to, uh, to resolve this to arbitrate yes and she called if you Wait, haven't seen I'm the sorry. video it's fantastic she calls 911 and says there's an african-american man in the park and he's threatening myself and my dog and the person obviously either didn't understand her or something and the dog's trying to get away from her then she's grabbing the dog by the Why, collar can you blame the dog no the dog was doing the right thing get away from the crazy bitch but she like picks the dog up by its collar and the dog's obviously in distress and she repeats this like two or three more times to the 911 operator every time turning the acting on a little more. So it went from there's an African-American man and he's threatening me and my dog to there's an African. 
African American. He's he's threatening me and my dog. Send somebody quick. Literally, that's what she did. As the guy is standing at least 15 feet away from her, not moving. You could tell by the camera. He's standing in one place, just watching her freak out. And it's like, what the hell is going wrong in society? Well, New York, I get it. You know, (laughs) lockdown again has has made people nuts. And people were already nuts. And I think the lockdown has just made them angrier and more likely to do things that that normally they wouldn't do because either fear of consequences or repercussions or because they're they have at least a modicum of self-control or restraint. I don't know. And it was funny because they both out the window. They both have the same last name. So that made it even more, you know, a little bit more hilarious of a story. They were both gone by the time the police got there. So there's that. And uh, once the video went out, though, she had a really good six figure, well into the six, six figure executive job with some Wall Street company and they fired her. And I don't know if that's fair either, but, uh, you know, this is the world we live in now. Social justice warrior. Re- reactionary bullshit uh-huh. from all sides. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. It's, it's not getting better. And a big part of this is what we're talking about today, which is social media and who is allowed to post what and what is true, because we know videos can be edited to make it look very one sided, meaning, sure, you see the cops laying on the guy and it looks like they're abusing him. You know, if there was a video that nobody saw that, he, you know, just went wild and like punched five cops and took them down. That would be important evidence, but you don't see that in that particular video. In this video with the bird watcher, it's possible he yelled a bunch of racist threats at the white woman, and then when she went nuts, turned the camera on and started acting really nice and sweet. You don't know with yeah, these little well, short that, videos. That is why it <laughs> that is why it behooves everybody to uh, if if everybody's filming, then you have multiple uh, it, multiple versions of the video. And you can't just doctor one and change all the facts. Right. But, but it's all right. It, it, uh, it, we will all be saved by the, we can't share anything fake on Twitter or social media anymore because they are all now actively fact checking everything that's posted. Well, well, yes. And you know, Twitter, the guy they hired to lead this is just such a sane middle of the road guy, right? Um, no. <laughs> uh the 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 guy that you're talking about and one of the things that kind of started this was uh Twitter appointing what what many people are calling their censorship czar although Twitter's official title for him is head of site integrity uh, a guy by the name of Yoel Roth um this guy what a piece of work <laughs> he's uh He's things like uh, saying, you know, we we call them flyover states because nobody wants to stop anywhere that they would elect a racist tangerine. He he tweeted that. Right. Uh, That's that's okay. He he tweeted that things like uh, uh, Kellyanne Conway is is Goebbels, Gerbils, as the uh, (laughs) I I believe it's pronounced uh, Goebbels, the Goebbels, the Nazi propaganda guy uh he has made many many tweets that say trump is hitler um yeah this is this is totally an unbiased guy that i want in charge of deciding what's true and not on a platform no you know if that's not bad enough and it is but then they decide that the who when it comes to coronavirus is the end all and of course now let's just use the masks as an example 
Well, Google decided that one too. Yes. So, but let's look at what's going on now. We have the CDC, which is the United States Center for Disease Control, saying everybody should be wearing masks. But the people that Twitter and Google and everybody is their their holy authority is the WHO, who's now saying you shouldn't be wearing masks. So now this is a really good example of how this crap shakes out, because now you have Google and Twitter and Facebook going to an authority outside of the United States that's saying something different than the CDC, the which should be the person, the, the, the body that people in the United States are taking their cues from, right? Well, w- worry not if if the authority that they've chosen to appeal to, which, uh, b- by the way, just to be clear, uh, I-, I want everybody listening to this on the podcast to pause it and go and look up something. You can do a web search on it on the following phrase what if appeal live? to authority. And by the way, if you're listening to this live, then go ahead and pause it anyway. <laughs> if I, you know, I've been looking for the button to pause <laughs> Bemrose on this keyboard here for uh, 64 episodes. Now, I haven't found it yet. I mean, I can mute you, but that's not quite the same. But if if you look up the term, just just go for your own personal edification. Re- look up the term appeal to authority. In fact, I can even save you a little bit of time. Uh, because there's another word that usually comes along with that in any kind of formal discussion about the topic, and that is it's called an appeal to authority fallacy because it is not uh, it is not a conclusive rational line of thought. It is not a, ra- a conclusive rational argument. It is, in fact, an argument many people make, which is fallacious. It does not follow. It does not uh, it, it does not imply or or guarantee its outcome. Um, it, authorities are are very nice but uh i think a lot of people don't realize or or just ignore in these day and age that authorities can in fact get it wrong sometimes uh so well not only can they get it the, wrong but people are now testing their authority which is pissing yeah. them off even further well yes yes uh you know having uh, questioning any kind anybody's authority when when they're being authoritarian is a great way to make them act even less rationally uh but the the beautiful thing is that if for any reason uh a a, you know if twitter chooses an authority to be the end-all be-all of all possible knowledge and they get it wrong where wrong is whatever doesn't fit their own political narrative they'll just choose another authority problem solved right and well this is a very big issue because most of the things that cause people to argue online or get into heated discussions. It isn't something like, well, who was the home run leader in the American League in 1965, where there's a clear answer? No, fuck you. My opinion is, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go on. <laughs> right. You know, uh, when this comes down to things like global warming, this comes down to things that can't be specifically proven. You know, where it's not a black and white answer and they're yeah. going to come down on one side of the argument. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Do you mean things like uh, when somebody says uh, I've never personally seen anybody with covid? Right. And so it must and, not and exist. Twitter will come down and and label that as misleading or, or fact check it. Right. You know, I don't know anybody personally, although that's not true. A friend of my parents had it and passed away from it. So um, I'm sorry. It's real. And uh 
but I can see where I that. Knew, I knew it was real. One of my best friends is work is a medical professional. She works in the, the uh, hospital uh, out in Eastern Washington. And um, she has told me stories. I don't doubt that this thing exists. I just doubt that it's as deadly or prevalent as the, the fear mongers think we should be fleeing from. Right. Well, that is the main question as far as the overall death rate, which seems like it's going to be about twice the flu. And there was an article I read, which was a, uh, a, comp- a compilation of a bunch of researchers and scientists who are now thinking, and again, this is deplatforming type material because this isn't proven in any way, shape or form. But these are some smart people in the industry that are now going, you know, it seems like maybe if you've had other coronaviruses in the past, you have partial or full immunity to this, which would explain why this thing spreads through about 20, 25 percent of a community and then just drops off the table. We may have herd immunity already. I, 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 we may have herd immunity, which is, is proof against this particular strain. Uh, unfortunately, coronaviruses and rhinoviruses are, are mutable enough that getting, getting a, an immunity to one does not confer an immunity to others, which is why the common cold is still a thing. Yes and no, because one of these, uh, the, one of these places that was working on a vaccine, what they were using, what appeared to be working was antibodies from somebody who had the last SARS. So this is close enough, I think, that some oh, of sure. these- in, in particular cases, there's, there's definitely going to be one-off things, and, and maybe this one is it. Uh, but uh, we, we were talking, I, I was finishing the story about uh, the, the, what Twitter did, because the, the thing that I like the most about this is, is what caused an actual uh, potential policy change to happen. Uh, Twitter has been censoring people left and right. Well, no, I'm sorry. Twitter has been censoring people just on the right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not left and right. Uh, just right. Twitter has been uh, allowing some of the craziest, most addled uh, and, and violent bullshit as long as it comes with a leftist bent and they are blocking anybody on the right. And, and they, okay, you know what? I, I, I hear the, oh, they're a private company argument all the time. And, and I'm going to definitely get into that one because I, that is such an obnoxious platitude, which doesn't really address the problem. But what Twitter did, which was, uh, and, and I don't know if this Yoel Roth guy even had anything to do with it, but the thing that I mean, they, they touched the third rail, the, the thing they never should have done if they wanted to, everything to continue was they censored one of Donald Trump's tweets. Well, that's certainly not the place to start. No, I I don't think that's where they started. I think that they've been doing censorship for years and years and years, but they left him alone uh, because you know what? That that is one guy uh, to talk about people who flex their authority when you decide to disrespect (laughs) them. Oh my, that guy is not going to put out. He's like, oh, no. so um, and, and my favorite part about it was the, the tweet was, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, was one about the uh, vote by mail and saying that there was going to be, uh, you know, there, there was going to be substantial voter fraud, which I think any simple analysis of the situation, given that it's brand new, given that the federal government can't get anything right, given a decade, let alone five months. Um, 
I, I think it's it's highly plausible and to claim that there will not be any at all is really naive. But that's exactly what Twitter did. And the best part, the thing I found most fantastic about it, and probably the thing that set off Trump the most, was in their fact checking message, they said, This is misleading. For the real story, go over here to this CNN link. Right, because CNN is known for not being a bunch yeah. of Trump haters. Yeah. Well, and 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 regardless of whether or not you or I believe that CNN is is respectable, which uh, hint not. Um, but of all of the possible links you could have attached to Donald Trump's tweet to try to set him off. <laughs> yeah, well, DC girl just points out that Trump was just flagged again for glorifying violence. I mean, I know he like retweeted a video or something where they said you know, the only good Democrats, a dead Democrat, which I mean, I can understand in this particular uh, time and place that's taken in a much that different way. Seems a little harsh. Yeah. And see, what Trump did wrong by posting about the ballot, he, fraud, he signed on a Twitter. Well, that was well, OK, we can talk about that, too, because Trump made a very clear comment that he would like to be able to delete his account and get off Twitter. But he needs to fight for the truth. And, you know, there's a certain amount of uh, um, you, you can't blame him for that. But when he was posting I, about this voter fraud, what he should have posted was the little five second clip that I saw of Jerry Nadler, big Democrat going, yeah, there's no question if we go all male, it's going to be fraud left and right. Because that's you just use their own words against them, because then how do you censor Trump yeah. using their words? Well, that's easy. The The list of people to censor is only the people that the algo has identified as conservatives, obviously. And, you know, Trump might have a little bit of the fight for the truth, but I still honestly believe that the biggest reason why he's retaliating to this is because he got butt hurt. Well, yeah, he is a street fighter mentality. There's no yeah. question about that, which is why he was elected in the first place. This thing with Joe Scarborough, and I've heard different sides of this. And, you know, some people think it's really bad for Trump, including his buddy, Bill O'Reilly, who's known him for years that, you know, you're doing nothing but giving Scarborough, according to O'Reilly, a guy with really no audience at this point. You're giving him a big audience. Nobody cares about Joe Scarborough. But Adam Curry mentioned in No Agenda yesterday that I, Trump's not an idiot. Admit, I still don't really know who Joe Scarborough is. It's just one of many, many names that I hear about in washington politics he's husband of mika brzezinski he's morning joe on msnbc okay yep still don't give a shit yeah you shouldn't you really really shouldn't but he had an intern when he was in the house of representatives he had an intern that worked for him that was found dead and trump is saying well maybe they should look into this and it's the ultimate troll move there's no doubt about it and the people that aren't familiar with what's going on, even my mom, when I was talking to her, she's like, well, you know, this seems like something, you know, that Trump shouldn't even be getting into. And I'm like, well, did you know that when this intern died, the original coroner said it was blunt force trauma that killed her? She's like, well, no. Well, that's because it was then for some reason changed to, well, yeah, there was blunt force trauma, but it was a reaction to the fact that she had a heart attack and fell and hit her head. It's like, well, you know. I would like a, maybe somebody uh, to look at that. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Fact check false. Yeah. I know. <laughs> no, no. I it's possible. Maybe if you have a heart attack and fall from a second story or something, but I don't know. I, I wasn't there. Right. Uh, I do know that, that people 
Uh, you know, everybody's got some skeletons in their closets, but people from DC seem to have whole graveyards in their closets. And the higher up they get, the more skeletons they accrue. Right. And Harry Hamster mentions that Scarborough just happened to be out of town, but he had a meeting that morning. So he was allegedly supposed to be there at the play. You know, there was some very weird stuff that was around that case. And the interesting thing to me is I don't necessarily have a, an opinion one way or the other. I'm, again, a guy I'd like to see facts one way or the other. But Morning Joe and his Karen wife, Minka, for four years now have done nothing but spew garbage, unsubstantiated garbage, mostly about Donald Trump, especially when it came to this Russian stuff. Trump opens his mouth once. It says something unsubstantiated about them and they freak the hell out. They can't take it. What's I mean? Come on. If you're going to put this out, you do nothing but take shots at the guy for years. And he makes one shot at you and little Minka is like, I have a call into Jack. Oh, my God. We have to get Trump off of Twitter. Oh, my God, Jack. Yeah. Retweet. If you retweet, if you believe me, retweet. It's like, oh, my God. That these people are shallow and hypocritical surprises you. How? (laughs) Well, the fact that they can't even see the irony of their own hypocrisy. No, they're not required to. That's what we're here for. Yes. Welcome to grumpy old Ben's. We'll point out your hypocrisy so you don't have to. Yes. I, I refuse to point out the irony of my own hypocrisy, but I will totally point out others. Besides, I don't need to point out my own hypocrisy. I've got you for that. Right. And I do that very well. And, uh, you know, so this, the is, room. this is something that we talked about before, which is what do you do when you have Twitter, Facebook and Google, who are pretty much the biggest tech companies in the world? How much of our communications are they now handling where they're allowed to censor or change history? A lot. Uh, far, far too much. And uh, so in response to being censored by Twitter and, and in, in what could almost be called a tantrum, uh, Donald Trump decided to pen a, an executive order firing back at these people because uh he because he got his tweet censored um uh, i went i i think it was released late last night but i went and read the entire thing this morning and took some notes would you like to go through some of those yes thank you for your courage for reading that and uh, let us know what it says uh okay so um first of all the the entire first 40% of this was uh a the the justification section for why he's doing it which uh pretty much boils down to he was bitching about twitter um he he does not like all the things that we have said about social media censorship he doesn't like either which is they uh they will uh in unfairly uh apply policies they will uh selectively choose who to enforce terms of service on uh, they are uh, clearly and obviously biased, and they are editorializing through censorship on their platform um, and enjoying Section 230 benefits while doing it. And as I pointed out earlier, because Section 230 has such an amazing loophole in it, they have been doing all of this legally uh, because all they say is, well, um, some things are objectionable. In this case, apparently everything that that has a conservative viewpoint Uh there, there was one thing, though, in that first section that I rather thought interesting, and I'm, I'm not sure what to read into this, but uh, Trump took a swipe at Google, but the word Google does not appear 
anywhere in the executive order. He names Twitter. He names Facebook. He names, uh, I think, two other social networks. He never names Google. So I'm wondering what was going on back there. Here's here's the, the quote from that one. One United States company, for example, created a search engine for the Chinese Communist Party that would have blacklisted searches for human rights, hid un- data unfavorable to the Chinese Communist Party, and tracked users determined appropriate for surveillance. It also established research partnerships in China that provide direct benefits to the Chinese military. Now, why would you put all of that in there, which is obviously you know, a shot at, at I mean, obviously it's Google he's talking about, but it's also a shot at China. Why would you not name Google? I don't know. That is kind of I, weird, except that I, I, has somebody got some blackmail material for him or so? I don't know, you know, or it's just a uh, first, you know, first prong of a more, uh, a more intriguing thing that'll be coming down a more uh, intricate thing that'll be coming down because let's just, we all understand that what they're doing in China with the search results with blocking certain search terms i think he's kind of going we know you're doing that here and you better be careful because I, we we've maybe. had that talk you know you, do you think he's looking more than a half move ahead in this chess game i think he always does and that's something that really angers the democrats because i don't think they do it as well and i don't think they have the democrats have a playbook that the republicans would never muddy their hands by getting his down and dirty at least this is my humble opinion and trump is the ultimate <laughs> well, it, down and dirty fighter I, it is it is really hard to speak uh, uh in that general because i have seen some republicans who are not above abject corruption oh, and yeah. i have seen some people who happen to be on the democrat side and yet aren't terrible people no harry hamster we don't want wiener mail <laughs> that's something entirely different but yeah, yeah an uh, overgeneralization. Maybe, maybe talk to me after the show on that. I, no, never mind. <laughs> but I mean, I think that is Trump saying, hey, you know what? I know this is going on. And that I really do believe is probably a bigger problem than what you're seeing on Twitter with him being fact checked. The bigger problem than you're having on Facebook with things being removed is the fact that Google owns the search results. And for people doing research to decide who they want to vote for, where do you think they're going for their information? Probably Google first. Oh, yeah. The, the, the congressional hearing with Dr. Robert Epstein probably needs to be brought out every few months, uh, as maybe every couple of weeks during this election season was the, the part where, uh, you know, he, he had, of course, to preface it by saying, well, I'm a staunch Hillary supporter and I voted for this, but, and I don't think that that's relevant at all, but what he pointed out was, uh, yeah, Google absolutely swayed at a minimum 10 million votes by choosing who sees what search results. And that's huge. I, I, it, it's the kind of thing that would sway an election. And it's interesting because Zuckerberg, who we talked about on one of our episodes, and I know I talked about it over at Random Thoughts. I mean, the best podcast without Ryan Bemrose, randomthoughts.com, R A N D U M B thoughts, was this new. Uh, Facebook concept of having their own Supreme Court type thing, they were calling it. And we pointed out, just like the Twitter arbiter of truth is a far left douchebag. Same thing, it turns out, out of the 20 people that Facebook had chosen, you know, go figure. They don't want to have a mixed bag 
it's all one side ideology. But all of a sudden, Zuckerberg on seeing what's going on with Trump and Facebook and this executive order is all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we want it at Facebook. We don't want to uh, be the arbiters of truth about. I, I, uh, no. I think the Zuckerberg quote uh, <laughs> from what a day and a half ago was some of the most uh, fabulously self unaware <laughs> things that I've ever heard from him was saying uh, social media should not be uh, choosing what things should be seen or what. Well, well, yeah, fuck. I don't yeah, have a quote. But that, that gets but he, the gist. I mean, the gist of it was he said social media should not be censoring people. Like, have you ever looked at Facebook? Have you ever logged in, you dumbass? That is exactly what your company has been doing since the beginning. And it's dangerous. No matter what side you're on, it's dangerous when you start. I mean, I am willing, as you talked about earlier, that if things of a sexually explicit nature are posted in video or photos, that that can be removed. Then, then send me a link. Uh, or one, sorry. <laughs> well, you want okay, so you want the job. I don't know. I think even you would have a problem. You, I remember this from a couple of years ago, a story. Maybe we even covered it here, where the people that are hired and employed by Facebook and Twitter to go through these posts in order to moderate them have like to PTSD. From the no, I definitely things. don't want that job. It just it, it would be abject torture to be forced to log into Facebook every single day. Well, that alone, not to actually look at you know, the dangerous, you know, content, you know, the very, uh, the very disturbing that much JavaScript you're OK with. Um, but <laughs> this is this is a hard thing for the social medias to, to actually have any kind of control of. And I, I do understand taking the things that are obscene down. But I'm with you and I'm fully 100 percent that there's nothing that can appear in text or audio form that probably should rise to the level of being removed unless it's somebody being raped or killed or something. And you have the audio of that, um, you know, that kind of disturbing stuff, maybe. But even that, I mean, you put a warning up that says, don't press this unless you want to, uh, you know, experience this horrible thing for yourself. but. You have these companies yeah. now that are going and the shadow banning thing, which was one of the worst because you didn't know you were being you didn't know you were in the penalty box. And these companies yeah. have tried that. I mean, I don't know what the which answer by the way, is. Shadow banning is the most passive aggressive bullshit administrative policy that anyone has ever come up with. It is no surprise that this shit came directly out of uh, originally out of academia and then caught on in leftist Silicon Valley, because that, that is some, some non-confrontational passive aggressive crap. Yeah. I, I want to completely violate this person's rights, but, but I don't want to get in any kind of conversation about whether or not I should have, right. because uh, I, I can't be questioned because my own self-esteem would is, is tied up in being uh, on my unquestioned authority. So I'm just going to ban this guy and not tell him. Well, that is know. some fucking bullshit. Well, yeah, the millennials don't like confrontation, so it's the best way to have a confrontation without a confrontation. Yeah. <laughs> Censorship. It's coming soon. But this is yes. uh, these platforms take so much of our daily communications now that you can say, as you said, it's a private company. But what do you do when a handful of private companies handle almost all of the what we consider public speech now? Well, if you're Donald Trump, you pen an executive <laughs> order that slaps them down. And and maybe this will uh, do some good, but I doubt it. Well, 
Uh, Newsweek called this one toothless, but but let's go ahead and get on to to what it actually does. Uh, so uh, wh- one of the other things that Trump said in the preamble that I thought was at least important enough to write down, he said, uh, Section 230 was not intended to allow a handful of companies to grow into titans controlling vital avenues of our national discourse under the guise of promoting open forums for debate and then to provide those behemoths blanket immunity when they use their power to censor content and silence viewpoints that they dislike. He's right there. Uh, and I think he fucking nailed it with that one. That that's exactly what happened was we got a bait and switch because every single one of these platforms was a forum for open communication. You know, yes. when, uh, when Twitter was created, it was everybody talked to everybody else freely. Uh, when Facebook was created, it was, uh, you can say whatever you want because you're among friends here. Um, you know, when Reddit was created, it was literally touted as a free speech platform Yeah, and every single one of them. Yeah. I'm trying to (laughs) every single one of these platforms, when they came up, they got big because they were offering an open marketplace of ideas. And then the moment that they became their de facto monopolies, then they baited and switched you and said, no, we're, we're going to go ahead and strictly control what happens here because you can't go anywhere else. And well, let me it, ask you this. Dishonest. Do you remember those halcyon days of youth when us Americans were like, oh, my God, can you believe the people in China can't speak freely? They don't have I, a Twitter or a I, Facebook. I do. <laughs> what happened? I, I do remember back when the Great Firewall of China was a Chinese made thing. Now it's made in Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. Or China. So. Here is what uh, the Trump thing, the the executive order actually does. Uh, First of all, he tries to clarify what a good faith action is. Uh, Section 230 says that uh, in in order to get the liability protection, you must be applying the the strictures in good faith. And then the the long list, including uh, of any objectionable material. And he is emphasizing the good faith part, saying uh, you are not. Uh, it's saying just to be clear you are not acting in good faith if you're uh you have dis you you act deceptive pretextual or inconsistent with the provider's terms of service uh or uh any action taken after failing to provide adequate notice reasoned explanation or meaningful opportunity to be heard um so apparently if you change your terms of service you're not acting in good faith now i, I I don't know that the language on that one really actually kind of scares me because it feels a little too broad the other direction. Well, uh, the, the terms of but, service should probably stay consistent, though. On well, this I, is a free speech. I'd zone. like terms of service to be a little bit fucking simpler so that people actually could be expected to read them without taking a day off work and hiring three lawyers. Right. Do you want to do you agree to our terms of service? I don't know. No, no, I don't. <laughs> but I'm clicking. <laughs> My in in my case, no, I absolutely do not agree. I'm just clicking this box because you won't let me in without it. Right, and I'll try to sue you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, Trump is directing federal agencies to stop giving any money to any platform which is not found to be acting in good faith. Uh, that includes uh, advertising and marketing for one, uh, the main one because that's where they get their money. Uh, so that that is actually a real effect. Uh, this section, by the way, is called protecting federal taxpayer dollars from financing online platforms that restrict free speech. <laughs> There's a loaded statement. Yeah. Well, 
It's protecting taxpayer dollars. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. There's nothing that happens in Washington, D.C. that protects taxpayer dollars. Just to be clear, you assholes want to protect taxpayer dollars. Don't fucking steal them from the taxpayers. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, uh, federal agencies, uh, they're uh, apparently, and did you hear about this? There was a tech bias reporting tool that was set up by the White House in May of 2019. It's a year old now. I have not. I, I hadn't either, but apparently it has received over almost 20,000 reports now of, of tech bias, which means only 20,000 people even knew it existed, I'm guessing. Uh, but all of the reports that are submitted to this tech bias reporting tool are going to be forwarded to justice and to the FCC. Uh, justice Department, FCC, and FTC are directed to investigate uh, any uh, accusations or, or whether or not these companies are acting in good faith. And the attorney general is supposed to work with the state attorney generals to review deceptive practices on an ongoing basis, which includes algorithms, uh, third-party content reviewers, and in something that feels a little out of place, any ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Well, we know they're involved in everything. We, we do, but that feels like one of these things is not like the others. Well, this is where the Internet is troublesome for a lot of people when it comes to being governments is that it crosses jurisdictions. So when you have something, let's just say Twitter, there is nothing except the United States or whatever country because China blocks sites. But without having a firewall and actually going through and blocking these services, which is why NordVPN is set up in Panama. We've talked about that. You set up a service where there, you know, if you're in a country where there is no piracy, well, then you can host as many terabytes of pirated content as you want without fear. I mean, by, by that argument, even the national government won't work. The only thing that will work is the one world government. Yeah, well, right. Which is why they're pushing for it. So you can all be good <laughs> That's slaves. One of the big reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that is what you have to look at, because, well, what can the United States do if Twitter doesn't comply they can't shut Twitter down. I don't believe. I mean, they could block them. I guess. Uh, you know, if if they can shut down my fucking hairdresser, <laughs> they can shut down Twitter. You have a hairdresser. Do you get your nails done too? a little mani petty? What are you doing out there? Uh, it is the left coast. You're getting I'm waxed. Just leave it there. You're getting a Brazilian. What's going on when you go to the I, when you go to the salon? Yesterday, my hairdresser was my wife. <laughs> You she let tried her to stab me in the face a couple times, but, I, but say, I was able to dodge. Yeah, you gave her a sharp object and let her near your jugular vein. That's you're a brave man. Well, you must be getting my a, wife. You're getting along during lockdown. I can tell she's listening right now, which means that I absolutely trust my wife. One hundred percent. OK, blink twice. If you're saying this under duress, <laughs> I, I heard. I, OK, I heard it. That was two blinks. Somebody call. What What do you call in Seattle? When it's not nine one one. I mean, you. You probably have to call some like the ACLU. No, if you call 911, you get cops and nobody wants that. <laughs> then things are going to go poorly. Um, yeah, you don't want to do that. But I mean, really, what can be done if Twitter decides to say, and it seems like they are, if they're flagging Trump again today, if Twitter decides they want to take their boots and dig them into the mud and go, nope, we're not changing the way we're doing things. What can really be done? Anything? Um, I, I, I mean. With with the wrath of executive orders that has been established through the last six presidents, um, 
yes, Trump by himself can do a hell of a lot. Now, I I am personally one of those people who doesn't believe that legislation should be written by executive order. That's kind of what Congress was made for. Uh, now, Congress is completely ineffective and can't accomplish shit. Right. So if you want something done and you're the president, then I, I understand why you would do that. I'm just saying you shouldn't have the authority. Although I read an, I read an interesting uh, graph. It was a flow chart for uh, do, do you think or do you approve of uh, ex- or do you believe that executive orders are overreaching? And the only decision box was, is your party in the White House to, right now? <laughs> If yes, then no, you don't think it's a problem. If no, then you do think it's a problem. Which is a lot when this stuff goes on that the questions always ask, like, what do you think is going to happen when the next guy gets in that's not in your party? And nobody wants to think about that when their guy's in office. I get it. It's, you know, you know, and the way I look at presidential decrees and these things is they're probably going to get struck down by a court at some point, but it brings attention to what they're wanting you to bring attention to at that particular time if only the same level of scrutiny could be applied to the governor's decrees that say you're not allowed to go out and exercise your constitutionally protected rights yeah you can't work your business is being shut down and if you don't have if you can't remove a wall to your restaurant you people have to eat outside I, i mean asking the ftc to see if twitter is upholding their own terms of service is is pretty small potatoes compared to uh you're not allowed to provide for your family for the next three months you know it is not a situation that any of us thought we were going to be in and somebody in the troll room mentioned the other day yesterday i think it was that they were listening to a no agenda episode from january and they're like it's just really weird to hear about the world back in january how different it was and i don't think any of us could have predicted this particular bunch of dominoes falling back when all of the injustices caused by these many authoritarians in office were all far away because it was it was abstract and didn't affect us directly yeah in january how many people in the united states thought their governor had any power whatsoever I, I was hoping not. <laughs> well, yeah, because you have Jay Inslee, the greatest yeah, governor well, ever in Washington I, State. I, I I just want you, you know, I, I still vote despite how futile it seems to be at times. Uh, I have been voting against Jay fucking Inslee since 2002 when he was in Congress and happened to be in the district that I lived in. I think you should run just for your wanna, local. Just want to let everyone know I'm a little consistent here. You should run. What's your your local town there? Your little suburb? I, I should run all the way to the fucking Idaho border. I want you to be. I want you to be the mayor of your town. Is it a big town? How big? hundred uh, k. Oh, that's a little. Well, it's not bad. You can a little tough. You, well, it's not as hard as like I mean, Seattle. The the mayor lives only a couple blocks from here, but I don't think that she'd like if I went and moved into her house. Well, no, no you can live in your own house. You would just have to beat her in a fair. <laughs> election <laughs> i'm sorry what, what did, I, I i must have misheard you would, you would have to beat her in a fair mail in election since that's all you got there oh yeah the the gun-toting conservative libertarian bemrose i yeah you know what i don't see you winning in a mail-in system 
but now <laughs> Don't wait see me winning on the left coast well, no no i think you can live in uh you and win quite quite with a large margin on the left coast there if you get your local municipality to vote by internet we know enough dudes named ben we know hackers i, I, I could <laughs> i could run on the platform of everybody is allowed to go back to work and will stop trying to run your life and i would probably lose in a massive landslide to somebody who says bah sheep come over here obey because that is what the fucking public has turned into here on the left coast too damn many californians too many millennials too many uh, people who think that the only road to salvation is to find the right dictator and obey everything that they do and i'm pretty sure that i'm being a little hyperbolic here but man that pisses me off see net net said the same thing i did online voting we just we just rigged the results we know what we're doing you'd win you'd be mayor <laughs> bemrose the hackers go in our dudes named ben all of a sudden they're like this guy got 98.9 wait actually you would have to be more like this guy got like 99.33 percent of the vote we'd have yeah. to have a 33 yeah. in there somewhere the, the city has a population of a hundred thousand and he has uh 75,000 votes against and uh 375 million <laughs> votes for we don't know how this <laughs> happened but we respect our system so hello mayor bemrose what's your first decree <laughs> no pants <Hi>. friday <laughs> ah you know left kid mayor my first act will be to kill the whole lot of you and burn your town to cinders <laughs> when are you still get a podcast <laughs> no that was that was a, a very very bad scottish accent uh doing a quote from uh willie the groundskeeper in the oh, simpsons yeah the simpsons still around <laughs> it's and still around i think that quote was from the first or second season that quote is older than most people now that is sad <laughs> and yeah <laughs> but that was that was absolutely still absolutely my favorite line from willie was when uh he was he was running for mayor and his campaign speech was if elected mayor my first act will be to kill the whole lot of you and burn your town to cinders well isn't that what they're doing in minneapolis I guess what's happening. Yeah. I don't think it's the mayor going out and personally burning the town. I think Willie would be the kind of hands-on mayor who would be able to do that. Yeah. It's what you should be lead from the front, not from the rear. Yeah. So uh, this executive or, or, or I, and, and this is my advice to all of the activists who found themselves in position. If you want to be remembered with anything, but scorn lead, I don't give a fuck where you do it. Just lead. Just fucking be a leader. Stop being a fucking scared sheep. Who thinks that the only way to exist is to hide in place behind a fucking mask and try to keep the economy completely shut down because somehow being safe is more important than being alive, which by the way, stuck in our houses for three months, nobody's out there really living. This is not living. If this is living, then we have got a real problem because this is not how people, the dignified people should exist. If you would like Sir Bemrose to live, please go to grumpyoldbens.com and donate now. Oh, God. Now, we, uh, we might as well shut down the website. No one's going to visit now. <laughs> You're probably right. So this executive order, it's kind of just a flag waving thing. And if, if, they're, if Twitter oh, yeah. doesn't want to do anything to respond that they're going to back down, then Trump's going to have to do more should actually well, do the, anything. So the, the big thing that, that this executive order is triggering is. Uh, he is, uh, he, well, probably the most substantive thing right now is he is directing 
all government agencies that might be buying advertising on these platforms to stop. Uh, it, 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 you know, once a platform is determined to have, you know, violated its, its, you know, acting in good faith, which I'm pretty sure uh, Trump has unilaterally decided that Twitter is not acting in good faith. And I can't really disagree with that assessment. Um, are the but, are the rather the uh, Russian bots that are under Trump's control? Can they still buy advertising? Uh, sure, but um, only on Facebook. Okay, well that makes sense because that's how you win an election is a hundred thousand dollars to Facebook. Then you could win. Yes, I, that's what I heard. I heard that a hundred thousand dollars to Facebook was enough to buy the election. That's that was the, the Russian meddling. What? Will uh, but happen? anyways, yeah. What the, will happen? To the Facebook? substantive part. What will happen the to Twitter? Part of this, jeez. Uh, okay, <laughs> go ahead. I don't know how to do this. Uh, <laughs> you, you figured that out finally. Sixty-five episodes in, you don't know. How I to don't do know this. what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, please. Call uh, her. The the substantive part of this is that uh, there there might be some less federal advertising dollars going to these platforms. Uh, I can't really feel bad about that because, frankly, uh, that was my money before you stole it. But also. Uh, what the fuck does the federal government have to advertise for anyway? Where, where is yes. this? What advertising is happening? I want to know that. Um, but the less substantive, but, but possibly long lingering is that uh, at least three different agencies, the FCC, FTC, and justice department have all been directed to open uh, investigations. Now, whether those investigations go anywhere is to be seen. But what you've got now is the eye of Sauron is now pointed at Twitter and probably at these other networks, which uh, has clearly got Zuckerberg shaking in his boots. Uh, but I think that there's going to be uh, a lot more, a lot more scrutiny and, and investigations. And I think that even if, if there are no outright policy changes, um, if these investigations start going somewhere, then you might see Twitter start to back off just so that they don't get any more attention than they already have. I think that's the only real result. But what happens to Twitter and Facebook if Trump doesn't win reelection? Like 80% of their traffic disappears, doesn't it? Well, I mean, if we're going off into fantasy land where <laughs> magical rainbows shoot out of people, I, <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, Trump is really good for social media, just like he's good for the yes. news. What's going to happen to the newscast, the normal CNN? What are they going to do when they don't have Trump to bash? Go back to oh, actually I'm, covering news? Well, I'm hoping that CNN will just fold and all of the people will suddenly have to go out on the street in cardboard boxes and reflect on their life choices. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that'll happen. I'm pretty sure that they'll find something else to to screech about 24-7 and make sure that the public stays scared and propagandized. Uh, it's a, it's a messed up system, but we've been watching this as it's been happening as the social media is basically enveloped every minute of every day. I mean, the more and more you see these different studies and how much screen time people are using on a daily basis, there's no doubt that these companies have a very serious hold on the whole world. And in the United States, they have a very serious hold on trying to being able to sway an election. There's no question about it. And if they were somewhere in the middle of the road, nobody would be worried. But you have to just kind of wonder how all these companies went strictly one way. And that's not good that I don't care which way it is. 
I certainly don't want a control of the public discourse in the hands of psychotic leftists, and I certainly don't want it in the hands of crazy right. I don't want it in the hands of Donald Trump either. Well, no, but uh, you know, he's the guy right now that is he's he's the guy punching, trying to get this stuff um because of his own obviously uh um for his own existence he wants freedom of speech you know and i could see him going just the exact opposite route because i i think that he has nothing he'd like to do more than squelch these people and he does it with his own calling them fake news um i i, I certainly want freedom of speech as well i'm just highly skeptical that uh legislating from the presidential pen and uh bringing down the wrath of federal government investigations that when the government gets involved everything gets less free so i i hate that that seems to be the way it's happening i don't know if it could have gone any other way because the twitter and facebook and and google and these the companies that are uh you know increasingly moving farther and farther to the left of the country and uh, wield such incredible control over public discourse um they, they have been boiling the frog for years and years they have been pushing and pushing and in every case it, you know it's always on a pendulum and there's always going to be a backlash and and this might be the start of the backlash or it might be something else but a, a correction is always in the cards they can't just keep di- you know, driving away and and leaving the rest of the country, scratching their heads and going, what the fuck happened Uh, without something occurring. And in, in my ideal world where the federal government doesn't step in and, and stomp on the necks of somebody who does what they don't like, whether I like, whether I like the person whose neck is being stomped or not, I don't really approve of the neck stomping. What I'd love to see and and i think the the proper solution to this would be real and genuine competition to twitter right. like in the form of mastodon real and genuine competition to google uh you know that that could be bing to a certain extent although i i'm starting to lose hope that that's a viable option um duckduckgo is fantastic start page isn't bad uh there's a dozen search engines out there that all aren't google use one of them um well that was my question for you when it comes to the social media does mastodon slash gab because they are on the same fediverse is there any chance that they can actually win the marketplace and get more people over there and then the secondary follow-up to that would be if gab slash mastodon becomes the size of twitter does it eventually have the same problems and then start censoring people um i'm gonna go with yes and probably so it's a, it's uh, really it's a never ending cycle. Well, sure. Uh, I mean, it, it, the the network effect is particularly insidious in this case because uh, network effects for social networks. As long as your social network is built as a walled garden, which uh, almost all of them are, um, the the network effect lends itself to the largest person gets larger and all the smaller ones get smaller. Therefore, network effects tends to cause natural monopolies in your walled garden. And the hope of everybody who sets up a walled garden is that they can become the next monopoly. Uh, It's it's the opposite of of trying to of a free competitive marketplace. Um, 
and I'm not really sure what the solution is, although uh, decentralized networks like Mastodon are certainly an excellent way to keep connectivity with people without invoking the monopolizing effect of, of the network. Uh, because if, if you have you know, 10 large networks that are all communicating together, then none of them will naturally become a monopoly and you can actually have a, a, a capitalist-like exchange of ideas and policies without automatically lending one of them to becoming the monopoly who gets to to dictate rules to everyone else right and then there is the fakery and fraud going on as dc girl points out by asking the question how many what percentage of twitter users are actually real and we talked about that a little bit before as well yeah i mean well there's some but i found that you can actually have conversations on twitter as long as there are people that you know that you've communicated with I've had conversations with people from the no agenda community, people that I know in real life, and you can do that back and forth on Twitter. But the minute somebody that you, that you don't know comes in, what? I can't. I would have to create an account. Right. But okay. You're just being too much uh, effort. Right. You're just saying things and uh, that don't really help, which wait, that's what's also been going on for 65 <laughs> welcome episodes. To Benz. Hey, you're, wait, welcome to the show. I just got it. Um, but that's the the point is, as far as a public discourse, yeah, if you don't know the people, I've gotten a very short um, fuse when it comes to people saying stupid stuff on Twitter, and it's now like one or two messages, and then it's just blocked because they're either bots, they're people who are just pushing one agenda and refuse to, you know, if you try to have a conversation and they tell you you're wrong and you show them how you're right and they say something just totally unrelated, yeah, block and move on because there are a lot of bots that explains why i can't get my voice heard on this show anymore you're a bot and move on yeah we're just no because silence you you just blocked me yeah we block sir bemrose yeah it's the best thing to do it is for the health of your amygdala the less bemrose rant you get the the more calm you'll be take those take those antidepressants take those uh take those mood enhancers have a few drinks and you'll be much happier don't pay any attention to the world outside is that good advice or bad? I'm not really sure. I don't know, but but you just reminded me that I've run out of my mood enhancer. <laughs> Your coffee? <laughs> yes. Um, so the, the the whole Trump thing with the social medias, I think we've beaten that to death now, maybe. But uh, yeah, that horse has still got some blood in it. Let's <laughs> keep hitting it. We can still pound it. I, you know, I <laughs> the story I liked, which was the one that just made me laugh this week when it came to technology was the concept that was an Ars Technica article that said empty stadiums was the headline empty stadiums bring remote cheering app into existence or actually no, that wasn't the headline that was probably my headline for the the article but the concept is now I mean we saw in what South Korea that they had sex dolls in the audience which I thought was just fantastic you know maybe if the yeah. players needed to take a little um, break um i i mean it makes me want to play harder <laughs> the 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 concept now is this we're looking at at least in the short term of sporting events that people are just going to watch on television or over the internets and the people playing the sports are trying to figure out well how do we get interaction because playing in a big empty stadium that's quiet is weird the white Sox did that in baltimore a few years back due to rioting in baltimore 
they played a game with no audience at all and it was very very surreal and very weird and i assume just as much so for the people on the field not having any fan cheering one way or the other so the concept here of course is that we can make an app for this that of course (laughs) i mean this i can't see anything going wrong with this which is basically to create an app so when you're watching your favorite team you can log in and cheer by being john fletcher from hog story and basically pressing buttons to trigger sound effects in the stadium someone's pressing buttons yeah someone in the troll room is out of control (laughs) now i want to know how hard this is going to be one the concept itself is kind of cutesy i kind of get it so you want to cheer your favorite player you press a button and in the stadium something will play i don't think they're understanding lag when it comes to watching on television or watching through an app so there's that you know because this is still normally for television a few seconds behind at least so it's going to be like the guy hits a home run and he's down at like third base running around the bases and then the cheers will start because this isn't instantaneous. You're not actually in the arena, but let's just assume they can figure out this lag problem. And I don't know how they can. I just uh, want physics is working against you on that one. But yes, yeah. I want to know how long until somebody is able to hack into the system and start playing whatever they want over this loudspeakers or their uh, own voice. That won't take long. No, it'll be awesome. I mean, yes, I would love that. I mean, I that, would love that might actually be good. Uh, so <laughs> you, you sent me this article this morning and I have to admit, I didn't read the whole thing. So I'm just going to ask you some questions about it. Well, uh, the first one is um, it, it seems like there, there was a line in there somewhere that said something about the, it, when, when you click the cheer button on your app, then it will play from approximately where your seat is in the stadium. I don't know how they're doing that. I mean, that would have to be a lot of different speakers. And uh, yeah, I mean, you could go broke trying to to just wire and and purchase the sound system for that. You know, I'm sure the technology is there, like with surround sound and Dolby Atmo, you know, all these things that will give you a surround sound effect for your home theater. Probably the same for the ballparks. But and 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 if if you don't have individual speakers and, and honestly, even if you do, um, how will anybody pressing buttons on an app have any confirmation whatsoever right. that they've accomplished anything at all? You don't. That's okay. the problem. So in that case, here is the design for the app from where I'm sitting. Um, no you provide a, a simple uh, offline non-connected app would do fine, but you of course probably need to be online so that you can you know connect it to your tweeting or something, you know, the, the social aspect, but you have a pad of buttons that, you push the button and the button lights up briefly and looks like it's depressed and then pops back up. And then it shows you a confirmation that you played a sound somewhere. And then on the other end, you don't connect the apps at all. You just right. record some fan noise from a previous game when there were people in and play that at deafening volume out of the sound system. And nobody has any idea that their buttons do nothing. Right. But they'll probably charge you for the app, you know, for your own convenience. Oh, sure. In fact, what they'll probably do is you download the app and it will it will go into your phone and in, infiltrate the other apps like your grocery store ones and, and your Uber Eats and things uh, just to make sure that if you decide to order out it, like you go into Uber Eats and you order a, a pizza, then it will make sure to charge you 
$45 for a large pizza and $15 for a container of Coke just to make sure you've got the authentic stadium experience. Right. You do need the authentic stadium experience. The last time I was there, I think it was six bucks for a bottle of water. Yay. Nothing (laughs) like being bent over for a bottle of water on a 90 degree day. But the only way this app thing makes any sense is if you like you said, physics is working against you because when you see the guy hit the home run on television uh, due to satellites and transmission time and everything else it's not at the same minute it's actually happening there's a lag and so that kind of takes that part out but if it was possible to hack in and then just like yell into my phone like hey cubs you suck and then i could hear that (laughs) on the game i mean that would be good i'd like that that would be funny first of all you understand that that would be the thing that caused you to get deplatformed yes uh you would you would have your your cubs you suck message would have a little tag next to it that said this statement is misleading or misinformation and then a link to cnn to <laughs> to point out where they have proved that the cubs don't suck i don't know if there's any kind of proof of that i mean even <laughs> cnn maybe would agree no, with but 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 it, they can find a third party somewhere that's willing to fact check your opinion Yes, we've heard of a megaphone, Harry Hamster, but they won't let you in the stadium. I mean, I guess if you want to show up outside, which is what people were doing for the NASCAR race, which I don't get. You're sitting outside tailgating and they won't let you inside. So you're the I it's, you know, in some of these cities, if you have an apartment that overlooks the the stadium, yes, um, you like can get one of those Wrigley. parabolic dishes. Yeah. And and you can I mean, you can project your sound using a parabolic dish into the stadium that way that's an intriguing thing you know i didn't even think about this they they say no fans but wrigley field for instance here in chicago there are buildings across the street which they don't have the uh, rights to where people have rooftop seating so i mean they they could have yeah that'll be interesting i didn't even think about that little aspect of it get a get a megaphone go on the roof and then you can yell cubs suck all day long i did always wonder if there were it, it were you know they they've got the parabolic dishes with the microphones that they use because whenever you're watching say a football game or something on tv they get you know there's people in the sidelines who i'm pretty sure are just randomly panning these microphones back and forth across the field hoping to catch uh, uh something that somebody is saying in a conversational voice yeah because every you know every once in a while you'll get like three words of a sentence that are just suddenly really loud because they happen to point it in exactly the right direction. And I always wondered if you use one of those dishes with a speaker, can you <laughs> like start shouting orders to the players on the field? Be like, stand up straight, your shoes untied. Well, yeah, that's how the old fashioned, even megaphones work. They take your sound and they amplify it in one direction. I I don't know. I'm physics thinking of ways to mess with sports, but I, it, it's not even fair right now. There's the sports is so messed with right now. <laughs> It is for a variety of reasons. The NFL is saying they're planning on full stadiums. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. The outdoor uh, uh, transmission. We'll, we'll, we'll see if the governors have let us out by football season. Yeah. Well, outdoor transmission seems to be, even if you don't fully believe that it's aerosolized, you have to ask yourself why in Japan, one out of 20 only cases was thought to be from outdoor. I mean, that's a, what, 5%. So it's it's 95% indoor transmission. Uh, it can happen outdoors, but you kind of have to be right on top of somebody 
And if you have a little bit of a breeze, it's probably much less. So this this whole concept that people can't be going to beaches and being, you know, six feet apart and all that, it's probably all bull crap, but the it's being done for a variety of reasons, from ignorance to trying to get political gain for your party. And we're I would say we're all a bunch of sheep, but we're seeing that's not necessarily the case as people stand up and go out. I mean, there did you see Whitmer? in michigan called the people that showed up and peacefully let's understand peaceably peaceably protested that were carrying their guns but peaceably yeah. around the capitol called them terrorists but what do you think she called the looters in minneapolis nothing doesn't care oh wow they're not respecting my authority yeah gretchen whitmer yeah. the ultimate karen yeah <laughs> yes and now that you told me what that means and i had never heard of that before until you mentioned the karen thing like because i don't look at memes now it's everywhere it, it it scared me that you know i i kind of brought it up it, it was a it was an older meme that that uh you know it, it was an older meme but it checks out uh it, it had been around for years but never had a lot of traction and uh two weeks ago uh, i still hadn't seen it very many places and brought it up over three weeks ago on the show and you're like what's that and i explained it to you and since then everywhere yes you're a trendsetter i know <laughs> i should be on hog story the trendiest podcast in the network i think you have been on hog story once or twice I have. yes i mean if there's not a bemrose on hog story it's not hog story well um we'll see if that can be arranged see now any other stories you got i mean i know we've covered like one story and we beat it to death I and we're at about the two hour story mark. after story after story and i'm not going to tell most of them but are you going to tell any of them not planning on it no no okay I, so that covers everything <laughs> we, we needed we've been sitting here for two hours the people are already bored most of them have shut off their podcast players thrown their ipad across the room like, no well they wouldn't I, hurt I their tablets they enjoy grumpy old ben's I mean, let's do let's do what Adam does and we'll be a le little lesser number. But 68, I mean, I mean, I know Adam's hit 2000, but we have 68 people listening live, which is not bad. And we appreciate everybody that hangs out in the troll room. And none of live. them are bots. No, no. Well, there's some in the troll room, I think, are bots. Sir Matthew, I don't believe he's real. I mean, he certainly hasn't released a podcast in a while. So I don't know. We never did find JC Jr. If anybody knows the whereabouts or the health of JC Jr. Since this whole Corona thing started, he's been absent from the troll room and uh, getting a little concerned about that guy because uh, it's been a long time since early April, I believe. So we have a, you know, we have the, what do they call that? The all points bulletin. If you know anything about JC Jr., tell him to check in at least. And, uh, we're hoping for the best there, but everybody, thanks for listening live. And we do have an executive producer today, only one, and he stands alone. And that is Harry Hamster, who always has a fun little note attached with the stuff. He actually uh, brought in a couple of donations this week. So he must listen to the show over and over again. And every time he listens to the show, finds something else, donates in. And we appreciate that, Harry Hamster. And feel free to fact check Bemrose anytime you want to hanging out and uh you know <laughs> i have a bad trip in row 33 hey everybody has to sit in row 33 that could be social distancing for sports maybe maybe but we appreciate the donation harry hamster you are an expert a 
guaranteed verified expert. You can get a little uh, Sir Bemrose will be happy to email you a little certificate you can print out with his signature on there saying that you indeed are an expert of the grumpy old Ben's community. I don't know. This sounds like effort. (laughs) (laughs) You sending an email sounds like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I forgot the level of work or what the level of something that you'll consider work. You're like, how how many buttons do I have to press? Like, Uh, I have to have to get out of this chair. Yeah, that doesn't work. But if you want to be one of the cool kids, if you want to be an expert, go to grumpyoldbens.com. Click that little donate button. You can send a one-time donation or you can get on a monthly subscription. We appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate everybody helping us keep the microphone sounding good, the electricity on, all that kind of stuff. And we also have a QR code if you're into Bitcoin. That thing's going up again. It's freaking me out. And you can also find our P.O. Box address, all sorts of different ways. And we did pick up. You know what? I will mention it on the next show unless I can find this quickly here. If you want to stall, we did have a second person join the grumpy old Ben's Patreon that I totally forgot about. We have a Patreon. Yes. Where have you been? (laughs) It's so hard to tell. I mean, we have never posted anything to it, but people are more than happy, you know, to be able to go there. And in order to uh, in order to do a monthly donation, it is something that we offer. Opening up Thunderbird, see where JCD uses uh, squirrel mail. I use Thunderbird much cooler. Let's see here. Grumpy old Ben's. So much Sorry. spam. Yeah, you're what are you you're looking at porn what, again? One of these days I'll figure out the mute button. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that that was the pro- you're like, why well, nobody's responding to what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm trying to interrupt you here. Would you stop talking so I can make my stupid point? It wasn't yeah, working. It, yeah, go ahead. Make that stupid point. Nah, the, the moment's passed. <laughs> uh let's see. The new five dollar it, it wouldn't be funny now. Five dollar a month from jacob hernandez so thank you for being on the grumpy old ben's patreon with another guy who we should probably give much more uh, love to on a monthly basis i I forget the patreon's even there so uh maybe i'll I'll start posting some stuff i mean there's two people there now that's like twice the community that hog story has so we should probably get get some content Maybe we should start posting all of the stuff that is too embarrassing to put on the regular grumpy old Ben's show. There is something that it goes over that bar as well. Well, every, I mean, we've posted it all on Patreon so far, right? It's all there. It's all there on Patreon. So that is an option. If you don't like the PayPal thing, or if you don't want to do the Bitcoin or going through the snail mail. And I mean, I'm not a big fan of Patreon, but with that said, I know people use it. So that's just another way that you can help us with the value for value model. And we appreciate your ears. I've noticed now on the Apple system, their uh, podcast program in the app, we have had people that have left nice comments about the show, which is nice. We have a five-star review on Apple. That is nice. That is a hell of a way to, I mean, we don't hit people in the mouth. What do we do? We do something different here. I thought, uh, um, but for people that are doing this grassroots, turning other people onto the show that is huge we're trying to grow an audience it's always nice to have more people listening than less 
And you guys and gals and everybody in between don't want to misgender anybody are the best advertising we can do. Turn people onto the show. Tell them where to find grumpy old Ben's. Tell them where to subscribe and all that other good stuff. Tell them it's a great show. And then if they think it sucks, then just don't be friends with them anymore. That works. Exactly. Okay. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here on the show today, Ryan. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's it's we've been at this for so long that I'm I'm starting to fall asleep here. Well, you know, you bore me, but boring yourself. I mean, your poor <laughs> wife. But with that I, said, and can you blame me? No, thanks everybody for hanging out, yes, listening. Thank you to Grumpy Old Benz. Until next time. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where nobody is looting, but I've still got my gun ready and just just in case. And from America's left coast, where the stadiums are leaders heads and my supply of fucks are all empty. I'm Ryan Bemrose. I thought you had at least two fucks left. No, spent them all.